Hi, this is Marcus, and I just want to welcome you to the Timbers Church Podcast. We're excited that you're here. One of the things that we aim to do is to add some value to your life, to your family, to our community, and our world. We do so by exploring the truths that come from God's Word. So start the journey with us and hit subscribe and check out this podcast every week. Now, let's dive into this week's message. Well, hey, I hope everybody is doing great this Sunday. We are in the middle of a series that we're calling Comparison Trap. And this is actually part two of that series, meaning that last week we kicked it off. So if you missed it, part one, you can hop over to Spotify and YouTube and you can catch it over there. If you are going to take notes, however, why don't you write Comparison Trap, part two, up at the top and then get out your Bible. And why don't you open it up to Galatians chapter four. That's where we're going to kick things off here in just a second. Galatians chapter 4. Last week when we kicked this whole series off, we were talking a little bit about this struggle that is sort of a natural part of all of us. It's inside of all of us. We all have a tendency to look over our shoulders, right? Our right shoulder, our left shoulder. We look to everyone else to sort of identify where we stack up. Where How, how are we doing? Are we okay here, right? And what we said last week was we said that there's no win in comparison. There's no win in comparison. The only thing that happens when we compare ourselves to somebody else is it creates more stress in our life and we get frustrated with where we currently are because we just see another mountain that we have to climb and so it would be wise of us to try to uh, avoid comparison altogether to not fall into the trap okay so that's what we talked about last week like I said you can go catch the full talk over on Spotify or YouTube if you missed it but now let's get out our text Galatians chapter 4 verse 4 through 6 and we'll read it and then we'll sort of pick it apart it says this. It says, but when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship, because you are his sons. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. Let's stop there and let's pray. God, we want to invite you into this message to speak clearly to us. We pray, Father God, that you open our ears to hear, open our eyes to see, and open our minds that we might understand and soften our hearts so that we'll be able to receive all that you speak and give us the strength and the courage to put all that you speak into action because, God, we don't want to just be hearers of your word. We want to be doers. Help us as Timbers Church to be your church. And everybody said, no matter where you're watching this morning, amen and amen. One of the things that we value here at Timbers Church is your life. Uh, we, we value your life, your family, our community, and our world. But when it comes to your life, that's one of our values. And, and there's a lot of reasons why. Our goal is always to try to add value to your life. That's one of our goals. But the reason why we say that we value your life is because we believe that your life actually does have value. And today we're going to explain a little reason, a little little bit about why we believe that your life has value. So we're going to try to stay in the same vein and still like go down this idea of the comparison trap, but 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 I want you to hold on to that idea. Why does my life have value, okay? Now, last week we sort of drove that point home when it came to comparison that it's a it's a natural part of who we are. It's inside of us. We all have this tendency to sort of look around and sort of see where we stack up. So the question then becomes, what do we do about that? If compare if there's no win in comparison, what do we do when we we find ourselves comparing? Is there a solution to actually get us out of the trap if we've fallen into the trap? 
Well, the first thing that I want to say on this is that there is nothing wrong with having that feeling, okay? There's nothing wrong with having a feeling of sort of wanting to see how you stack up. How do you measure up with everybody else? Because the truth of the matter is everybody feels that feeling. So we all try to figure out where we should be with, with everybody else. Are we okay here? And, and, and the great thing is, because that's inside of all of us, the great thing is that we can turn to this thing, the Bible, and the Bible actually gives us an explanation of why we feel this way. How cool is that? We are all trying to figure out where we belong in this, this life. And, and not only does the Bible explain why we feel this way, but it also goes a little bit farther and it explains to us what or who we should actually be looking to in order to see where we are on the scale. <laughs> How awesome is that? It, it, it's a cool book because this book actually will literally unpack everything that you'll ever deal with in life life. And uh, that's one of the reasons why at Timbers, we're constantly encouraging you to read your soap Bible reading plans. We want people reading this book above all other books, okay? This book first, then your devotional books, and then you can get into those personal growth books or those business books or even those fictional books that you might like reading. But this one should come first, and we equip you with a plan to do, help you do just that. So encourage you to dive into those plans. Okay. As we read today, we read a few verses that came out of a letter that, that was written by the guy, uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul. And if you haven't noticed yet, Paul wrote a lot of the New Testament. Matter of fact, he wrote over half of the New Testament. And this letter that he was writing was written to some, some people that were Christians, and they were in the early century. Matter of fact, these Christians were probably about 20 to 25 years removed after Jesus rose from the dead, okay? So they're very closely connected to that period of time where Jesus was walking on this earth, but a little bit removed, 20, 25 years worth, okay? So when Paul is talking to them way back then, he's addressing the issue of what or who you should look to in order to discover like if you are actually okay. And so this is a huge cue for us because as we read it all these years later, we realize like, man, they were falling into the comparison trap all the way back then. And maybe we can learn a little bit from what Paul said to them. So let's look at the first verse again, Galatians chapter four, verse four. What did it say? It said, but then or but but when the set time had fully come well that means that what that means is that when god was ready okay when god was ready when the set time was had fully come god sent his son who's his son you guessed it, Jesus. God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Stop there. Let me explain this a little bit to you, okay? You, you might not know this, or maybe you do, I don't know, but, but you were born under the law. I was born under the law. We were all born under the law. It doesn't matter if you realize this or not. We all have been born accountable to the law that God revealed to us in the Old Testament and the New Testament and also on our hearts. What do I mean by that? Like when, when it comes to our heart, it's this thing that is inside of you. The, there's a law that has been written on your heart inside of you. And, and you, you know how you know this? Because you have probably had one of those moments in your life where you're just sort of going about life and all of a sudden you feel something in here in your heart and it begins to, to do something where you, you feel your heart just sort of talking and it's like, man, I ought to do this. 
or I ought not to do this. Have you ever had one of those moments or like people shouldn't really do that or people really should do this, right? It's it's that language that's sort of coming from inside of you. It's this 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 sense of of a law be, being written on your heart and it tells you what is right and what is wrong, okay? Have you ever asked yourself where that 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 feeling comes from? <laughs> is it because of how you were raised? Is it because of, how, uh, of where you were born? Uh, the Bible actually teaches us that that sense that is inside of us actually comes from the law of God that has been written on our heart. And I think that's so cool, right? That this idea that God's law can actually live inside of us. And if we just listen to it, it will actually reveal us where to go. We see this even in the idea of comparing ourselves to other people, right? We know inside, we know that's not a good idea. It feels wrong. It feels ugly. It's most definitely not helpful. So, so how do we know that it's bad? Well, because it goes against the law of God that has been written in our hearts. We don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's there. It's inside of us. So when Paul actually says this, at the time God came into this world, okay, at the right time God came into this world to redeem those who were born under the law. When God said that, he's talking about all of us because we've all been born under the law. You, you, you have enough of God's law literally written on your heart to know when something is right or wrong. So what do we do when we feel like something is wrong? <laughs> oh, we do what pretty much all of us do. It's sort of a natural instinct. We begin to defend ourselves. We push back a little bit. Well, what do you, let's say that it's not wrong. Let's, let's defend ourselves here a little bit. Or we do something else. We just try to cover it up, right? Yeah, I know it's wrong, but I'm going to cover it up by being really nice and really likable, right? I'm just going to, I'm going to laugh. I'm going to smile. I'm going to be the happy-go-lucky guy. And I'm going to try to cover up what's really going on inside. But at the end of the day, when the door shuts, we still know that deep down inside, something just doesn't feel right. So in order to try to figure out what we should do about that feeling that is inside of us, we begin to look over here. And then we begin to look over here, right? We begin to look to the right and left to identify what everyone else is doing. And by looking at them, we think up here in our head, I just need to work a little bit harder to get ahead. I just, I just need to get my hands on that thing and then I'm going to be okay. I just need to accomplish this in life and then I'll be okay. See, we think that we can fix the feeling inside. Whatever this feeling is, wherever it came from, this thing that feels broken inside of us, we can fix it if we just go a little bit harder, push a little bit farther. But here's the thing. Even though those people who you're looking at and comparing yourself to, they might seem like they have it all together, but the truth of the matter is they do not have it all together. Sure, they might have a bigger house than you. They might have more toys than you. They might have a cooler car. They might go on uh, more exotic vacations. They might even have a sexier look than you. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, at the end of the day for them, it's the same. When the door closes, they're going to find themselves wondering if they too are okay. So even if you had blank, you fill in the blank with whatever you want it to be, a relationship, a better home, a normal family, a cabin, a bigger paycheck, doesn't matter what it is, you fill it in. Everybody does have this thing that is inside them 
that wonders if they are okay. Because everybody is looking for some kind of affirmation. See, the problem is not that you haven't achieved enough in life. The problem is you were born into a broken relationship with your creator. Because of this, we all wrestle with this insecurity that's inside of us. It's like, you know, we're just wrestling. That was a head snap if you didn't know. (laughs) But it's inside of us. The insecurity is inside of all of us. It's at the very nature of our core. And this is why no matter what we have, what we do, who we know, or where we go, there's going to be a part of us that always feels like we don't measure up. Okay? It will never seem to be enough. Sure, we think that if we can have blank, then we can fix this thing inside of us. But the truth of the matter is, it's not going to work. The only thing that is going to help you is God. The reason why you think that you can fix it is because you don't understand just how broken things are between you and God, your creator. Nothing we accomplish in life will fix that insecurity. Nothing. No matter what mountain we climb, no matter how far or how much we have, we will not fix that insecurity. So if we look at what Paul says next here in Galatians chapter 4, we see something. Let's look at verse 4 and and the first part of verse 5. He said, But when the set time had fully come, God sent who? His son Jesus, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law. Hmm. Check that out. To redeem those under the law. This means that through Jesus, something happened. God did something for everyone born under the law. Who was born under the law? You, me, us. We all were born under the law. So God did something incredible when he sent his son, Jesus, into the world. He sent him to do what? To redeem it. Redeem is a financial term. It means to buy back, to regain what was lost, to reattach something that had become unattached, to rejoin something that had been separated. See, at the time that God sent his son Jesus into the world to redeem and buy back those of us who were under the law, in other words, what did he do there? He came to fix what we couldn't fix. He came to restore what we couldn't restore. Paul doesn't stop there. He keeps going on and he says this in the last part of verse 5. He says that we might receive adoption to sonship. That we might uh, receive adoption to sonship. Basically what Paul says here is he says when God sent Jesus into the world, the goal wasn't simply to say that your sins have been forgiven. This was actually something that was so much bigger than that. See, God sent his son, Jesus, into the world to make it possible for you actually to be adopted into the family. (laughs) And that word adoption, that word was actually chosen intentionally by Paul, right? Paul used that word adoption because it would have been something that would have been familiar to the Greeks and Roman culture of that time period. Now, when we hear that word, it's like that word is familiar to us. But when we hear that word, adoption, what do we think of? We think of a baby coming into somebody's house, right? And it's a beautiful thing. But that was not the case in this early, uh, the, the, the first century time period that, that this was written. In that time period, adoption did not mean that a baby came into the home. Too many babies died, so it was very rare for somebody to actually adopt a baby. In that culture, it was more common for somebody to actually adopt a teenager or even adopt an adult into the family. 
So when Paul actually wrote this, it actually had a little bit more weight to it. It was as if he was saying, yeah, God, God already knows you. And God knows all your sins. He knows all your past. He knows all your failures. God knows everything about you. And yet, God still sent his son, Jesus, into the world for you. Just let that sink in a little bit. He has made it possible for you with all your junk, with all your talent or lack of talent, he has made it possible for you to be adopted into his family. You can literally become his child. So this is what you have to see here, okay? This is, this is not just you have been forgiven of your sins, now go be a good person. It goes so much deeper. It is so much more intimate than that. It, it, it goes to the point where, where you become a child of your creator. The broken relationship is now fixed. And I love what Paul says in verse 6. He says, because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. Abba. Not a word that's common to us, right? Abba. But it's the same word that Jesus actually used when he was praying to his heavenly father right before he was arrested and then taken to the cross to be crucified. He cried out, Abba, Father. This is an intimate word. It's actually more comfortable than calling somebody father. Father is much more back straight, you know, like father, you know, like this word actually literally means dad or daddy. Now, when I let that sink in a little bit, it sort of feels a little bit too intimate, right? I'm okay with my kids calling me dad or daddy, right? But the thought or the idea of me turning that around and me personally calling my heavenly father, the creator of the universe, dad or daddy, it just feels a little bit too intimate, right? But that is exactly what Paul is saying here. It is intimate. You have been adopted into the family of God. God has now become your dad, not just a father, not just a heavenly being, not just a creator of the universe, but he has stepped into the role of being a loving father that you can call dad or even daddy. That's crazy. Let me ask you a question. And because we're online and you're watching in the safety of your home, you can actually answer this question truthfully. You can be honest. Now, if we were gathered all together, we would have to like answer in our heads. We wouldn't want to like be like, yeah, you know, because it would be a little bit more embarrassing if you were in a group. But here's my question that I want you to ask. And yeah, you can do this openly because you look around like you can trust the people that are hopefully watching with you. Okay. Have you ever seen, have you ever seen a not cute baby. <laughs> Have you ever seen a, a not cute baby? Okay. Honestly, if we're honest here, probably everybody's hands could go up, right? You have seen a not cute baby. We all have. There's actually a lot of not cute babies out there. And here's the reason why, because when a baby comes out, very rarely is that baby cute. There's a lot that they went through in order to get into this world, right? And so they usually come out a little bit beat up, right? And they have this different tone to them and their skin color. It doesn't look cute. Let's just be honest. But, but have you ever seen a parent do this? They say, man, I wish my baby looked more like that baby. Have you ever heard a parent say that? No. Not even an average parent is going to look at their baby and compare their baby to another baby. 
Matter of fact, if you ever hear a parent actually comparing their child to another child, you don't think there's something wrong with the child. You think that there's something wrong with the parent, right? So who do you think your Heavenly Father compares you to? Nobody. Nobody. God just wants you to see yourself the way that he sees you. <laughs> if you could close your eyes and see yourself through the, his eyes, you would see yourself in a beautiful, beautiful way. You would literally be flooded with so much peace in your life because of who you are, his. And he loves you unconditionally. What if every day that you got tempted to look to your right, to your left, to look at everybody else around you, to see how you measure up? What if you just stopped right there and you said, no, not today, not going there, not going there. There is no win in comparison. Instead, I am going to look at myself through his eyes, how he sees me. I wonder if we did this, how much of a change would begin to happen inside of our own lives? We wouldn't need to go out and look at others for their approval because we're already approved of. Instead, we would just be taking our cue from the one who actually made us, right? I'm so confident that if we actually did this, that we would actually find peace in a way that we've never found before. We'd find the peace that we're looking for. We would have peace when we succeed and we would have peace when, well, we fail. We would have peace. And the truth of the matter is this kind of peace could never be found unless you find it in him. That's the only place that you can find this kind of peace. Now, maybe you're watching here today and this is just hitting home for you. And you're like, man, I want that kind of peace. You would, you would like to say, you know what? I want to be able to call a heavenly father dad or daddy. I want an intimate relationship like that. Well, I want to encourage you to actually start that relationship, start the journey of forming that intimate relationship here today, because I want you to know that you can. If your past has been the thing that's been holding you back, it doesn't matter anymore. He knows. He cares. He sees way past it. And God has made a way for you to come to him. So if you would like to say yes to following Jesus here today, will you just pray, pray this simple prayer with me? Just sort of bow your head where you're at and just say, Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. Adopt me into your family. Walk this journey out with me. In Jesus' mighty powerful name, amen. Amen. Now, if you said that simple little prayer, we want to hear from you. We want to come alongside you as you walk out this relationship with him. It's a journey, and its journey is always better when you actually walk it with a tribe, and we would love to be your tribe. But for all of us, we also want you to know this. The way that God sees you, every single one of you, is so much more important than how everybody else out there sees you. Your life, it's valuable, very valuable. So our weekly cue that we want to give you, the action step that we want you to put into action this week is we want you to do this. Make a decision. Make a decision here today to take your cue about you from the one who made you. Make a decision to take your cue about you from the one who made you. Let's pray. God, we just thank you for being a God that sees us. And the flaws that we see, you see in a different way. 
We thank you that even with our past and even with our sin, that you provided a way for us to be adopted into your family. And Lord, we pray that you will help us not fall into the trap of comparison, looking to the right, to the left for approval, but we will look to you for approval and that we will experience the peace that can only come from you. Lord, let our lives be changed because we can walk in confidence with a back straight, a head up, knowing fully well that we are a child of yours. We pray this in Jesus' mighty, powerful name. And everybody said, no matter where you're watching today, amen and amen.